Hey, welcome back to Restoration Matters. We have conversations around restoring relationships with God and others. I am Nick Raymer, joined again by Craig Thompson. Hey, Nick. Hey, Craig. All right, today we are continuing our series on being a coach over being a prison guard. We first talked about being a coach versus prison guard, what that looks like, what that is, what that means. Uh, Last week, we talked about making a plan, so talking about how a coach calls the plays um, and makes a plan instead of giving ultimatums. And this week, we are talking about growing his capacity. Yes. So with the coach, not prison guard mentality, remember the, the key thing to remember there is that you are pursuing a common goal. So you've identified that common goal. And then as the coach, you've helped to develop the playbook, the plan, And so the plan is going to get you from where you are now to achieving that common goal. And so now, this last episode in this series, we're going to really talk about what your main role in as a coach is, and that is to grow the capacity of the player, the athlete. Okay, cool. So how how do we do that? Okay. Well, even before we get into how we do that, I just want to emphasize why this is so important. Mm. Because when we are, when we're on the sidelines as a coach and we are tempted to run onto the field and take the ball and say, let me just do this. When you're frustrated, when you're maybe even afraid of how the outcome, whether or not you're going to achieve the outcome. I mean, picture, picture being a coach in a high stakes game and you are completely relying on those players to do what needs to be done to win. That's a really, really intense moment. Yeah. And I'm sure plenty of coaches have, have had to wrestle through those feelings of, I could do this so much faster and better if I were out there. And that's why you see coaches on the sidelines sometimes, you know, just like either elated or like in freaking out or freaking out. Yeah. And, and so that's and that's just about a game. This is about the life. life of someone that you treasure, right? So so to have those feelings, you know, okay, at least a, a coach at the end of the day, well, we won or lost the game. But when you're talking about the life of somebody that you love and cherish and treasure, that that failure you know, ultimate failure just is is unbearable. To yeah, the think stakes about. are very high. They are, and so to 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 be reminded that you can you can channel your intensity all day long into this task of growing his capacity, <clears throat> right? Yep. So, thinking of different and new ways to to try to grow his capacity is. That's challenging, and that is um, that's that is unending, really. And we want to highlight a few things that can really help a coach who's trying to to grow the capacity of their son. You know, yeah. the the example that we've been using is your son is living at home, is you know out of high school and doesn't have a job, and you you know that. Him getting that job is really the next step in his development into adulthood. And so 
trying to motivate that young man to to go from playing video games or or laying around on the couch or hanging around with a group of guys that are leading him in a bad direction, going from that scenario to having a job is the point A to point B. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about getting him on board with that, with sharing that common goal. And we've talked about creating that plan that gets you from where you are to the point of him having a job. Now we're going to talk about how do you turn him into that champion who's going to be able to 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 claim that victory. Got it. And that's that's what coaches do. Coaches turn ordinary people into champions. Yeah. And so, what are some tools that you can that you can have in your toolkit that will that will help you? To do that. Yeah. To help you be a good coach. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. What what are those tools? Okay. Well, the first one that we want to highlight is actually one that we did an episode on a few months ago, and it was about the four tendencies. And the, I I think that one of the best tools in that, in that episode was talking about this information consequence choice sequence, right? Information consequence choice. Yep. Okay. If you're not familiar with the four tendencies, Google Gretchen Rubin. She has books and and uh, resources and everything else on the four tendencies, and it can really unlock some secrets that are really helpful. And in it, she talks about the the information consequence choice. So, if you're trying to force somebody to do something that they don't want to do, raise your hand if that works. Very often, <laughs> nobody. So, if you are trying to motivate somebody and they are they're, they're not responding to that motivation. This information consequence choice sequence can really break through some, some roadblocks or, or barriers. Mm. So the way that it goes is this, that, that you provide the information, you provide the, out, or the, the consequence. So if you, and consequence can be good or bad, and then you give them the power to choose. If they want to go through with said plan yeah gotcha yeah so uh, to continue the plan that we have been highlighting you say here's the information if you have not um updated your resume decided what sector of work you want to apply for and dropped off five applications by the end of this week that's the information consequences you have to move out and we talked about I'm going to drive you to the mission. If you if you don't follow the plan, you have to move out. If you do follow the plan, you can stay. You can stay. Yes. Great. So that's the consequence. So the consequence is either good, mm-hmm. you can stay because you did it, mm-hmm. or bad, mm-hmm. I'm going to drive you to the mission because you didn't. Mm-hmm. Those, and, and but then ultimately you leave the choice with them. Yep. So that's... You give them the power. Yes. Which is what a coach does. Yes. Versus a prison guard says, I got the power, you stay. Yes. I don't care what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So so remember that sequence. Information consequence choice. If you are engaged in a power struggle to to set down that framework and pick up this framework can be completely revolutionary. Oh my gosh. I we've seen that work here at Rockside all the time. Over and over and over again. Oh yeah. Yes. I want you to do something you don't want to do it. Now we're in this power struggle. And it's a tug of war mm-hmm. and it is, it's, you know, who's going to be the last one standing. Yeah. That's, that is an oppositional stance. 
mm-hmm. that that is not going to promote restoration. Even if it achieves the desired outcome, the relationship has been damaged. Yep. And so, so setting that framework down and picking up this information consequence choice framework is it's really really encouraging. Yeah. It's not I'm not saying it's going to work every single time, but give it a shot. It's so helpful. And so that builds his capacity to to remember that that he's ultimately in charge of of these steps. Yeah. Oh, I'm the one who gets to choose. Yeah. Oftentimes oftentimes um especially guys that are in some kind of a crisis, their their default is to do the exact opposite of what other people are telling them they should do. Mm-hmm. And so that's a trained muscle. Yeah. And so you've got to, you've got to kind of um, break up that, that habit. Yeah. Break the cycle almost. That's right. Break the cycle and say, Hey, I'm not telling you what you should do. The power is actually in your hands. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the power to choose. Yes. Yeah. And realize that you're an agent acting, not a victim being acted upon. Exactly. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you, if you, here's the information. If you, you know, do this, this is going to be the outcome. If you don't do this, that's going to be the outcome. Yeah. And so it's up to you. Yep. So, so, you know, Gretchen Rubin talks about how this works with adults, works with kids, works with toddlers. I mean, yeah. it, it's got a wide range of application. Yeah. And, and, and it's how we learn. Yeah, and it gets and it can quickly get us out of the rut yes. of trying to convince someone. Yes. And that person just digging their heels in and saying, I don't want to be convinced. And so nothing you say is going to convince me. Yeah. Oh, I still feel that sometimes if somebody tells me to do something, I'm like, nah. Yeah. Why? I yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do it that way. Actually, I'm not going to do it that way now because you said I should. Yeah. And in that moment, it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, I've given you the information and the consequence, you know? Yeah. So information consequence choice. Just remember that sequence, write it down somewhere, and try to apply it. Just give it a shot one time. See if it makes a difference. Also, when it comes to information consequence choice, don't assume that he knows what the consequences are. As in, like, don't, like, yeah, tell me more. Okay. So, so for someone who is living in crisis, for someone who is living in fog, you know, our students have told us before that before they came to the ranch, they felt like they were in war mode, survival mode. They're just kind of trying to get through the day. So picture somebody's walking along in a fog, but you have clear vision. And if they're walking in fog and there's a tree in front of them that you can see and they can't, it can be easy to think, well, of course they see the tree. And if they just keep walking forward, of course, they're going to hit the tree. And of course, they know that. And, oh, they just hit the tree. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so so don't assume that they can see the tree. Don't assume that they know what the consequences are. Yeah. Don't assume Be- that your two-year-old knows that the oven is hot. Right. Yeah. It, which is very easy to apply to a two-year-old. Yeah. It's much harder to apply it to a 22-year-old. Yes. Because that 22-year-old, you you are going to be you're going to be tempted to think they ought to know this. Right. Okay, well, we're not talking about what they ought to know. We're talking about what what the reality of the situation is. Yeah, and when you view human life through this lens of growth, Mm -hmm. it's much easier to be like, okay, maybe I should give them a heads up. 
Totally. And there are plenty of times where I'm in a situation where somebody, somebody reveals to me consequences that I go, Oh, I was not thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And so, so I think that the, the, the temptation to not be belittling or or patronizing to people makes it so that we aren't clear oftentimes because we think that it's obvious and so if it's obvious to me, it must be obvious to them. Not true. That's right. So we want to we want to present the information consequence choice sequence just even even just to make sure that we're all on the same page. Right. So take the example that we've been using. All right, your son's twenty years old, living at home, doesn't have a job, playing video games all day. It might be obvious to you that something major has to change in his life or else He's going to go from being 20 years old and living that life to being 30 years old to living that life. And that's going to happen much faster than either of you think. Yep. So, but that might be obvious to you, but it might not even be on his radar. He's just taking life one day at a time. So to, to present that information consequence choice would be to say, okay, information, this is your current you know, pattern of life. You are living it at home. You are playing video games all day and you don't have a job. If nothing changes in life, that's just going to continue to be your reality. Mm. But if you change something significant in your life, your reality could be much different. You could have a job. You could have purpose. You could have fulfillment in life. You know, you... you can paint this picture of the positive consequence. So, so you're presenting the negative consequence and, and then really just asking them is that which one do you want? Yeah. Right. Do you, would you like to be 30 years old and doing the same things that you're doing now? Or would you like to be 30 years old and have 10 years of, of living, you know, the life that you ultimately want? Yeah. And giving them that choice and not, I mean, they're obviously going to know which one you want, Mm -hmm. but you're really just trying to align and say, say, what, what is the, where are we here? Because if they say, yeah, I think I'd like to be 30 years old and doing the exact same thing that I'm doing today. Well, that's really good for you to know. Yeah. Because the prison guard would say, well, I'm going to force you to go out and try to find a job. But if they, if they want to be 30 years old, 10 years from now doing exactly what they are doing today, then that prison guard is going to have to, drag him kicking and screaming the whole way. Yeah. And and if they do decide to oblige with your enforcement, at some point down the road, they'll end up just being like, what am I even doing? And mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't even think I chose this. Right. You know, and that could be really disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead, you know, kind of painting those two consequences, positive, negative, and then, and then having a conversation to say, which would you choose? And if they, if they choose the one that you would also choose, bingo. Mm. Now you've got this common goal that you can start to work towards. If they choose the one that you would not choose, okay, well, now we need to have a more serious conversation. Yeah. And you see this in stories and movies all the time. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking of specifically like The Matrix. Okay. Not right? Apollo 13? Not Apollo 13. It might be an Apollo 13. That's definitely it. <laughs> but right. Um Morpheus sits down with Neo and he's like, Hey, here's what's going on. Mm. You can either choose to continue to live in this world as you know it, 
which is not real. Mm. Or you could choose to take the red pill and see what reality is actually like, Ooh. you know? And yeah. you're like, oh my gosh, we all want Neo to choose, like, see what the world, you know, what is it really like? Yeah. You know, we but can cut this out, but I just felt like adding it. No, don't cut it out. That's perfect. Okay. No, it's a great example. And, and you're right. It does present itself in stories all the time. And I'm actually really glad that you brought this up because, you know, when we talked months ago about the hero, villain, victim guide framework for story, Morpheus is the guide. Yeah. Right? Yep. Neo is the hero. Yep. And in this framework, the, you know, your son is the hero. Yeah. And you are the guide. Yeah. We're using the term coach, Mm -hmm. but it's the same framework. Yeah. So, so you're the coach. Neo doesn't say, take the red pill. Come on. Yeah. Eat it. You mean Morpheus? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Movies aren't my strong suit. Okay. No, uh, but yeah, Morpheus doesn't say, come on, you know, do it, do it, do it. He says, hey man, this is, the choice is yours. Choice is yours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard, especially for a guide because the guide knows the right answer. Mm -hmm. The guide knows what's, what's best in the movie. And but they still leave the power to choose within the hero. And everything hinges on that moment in the movie. Yeah. Like th- there won't be any story if he chooses not to. Yeah. You know, and that's just, yeah, that's how it works. Totally. Yeah. Good. Okay. The other tool that we want to highlight today is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're not familiar with this, just Google it and tons of different hierarchy pyramids will come up that, um, that display this, but it's a, it's a pretty old, you know, psychological um, framework or or theory. And it's been really, really helpful for, for us here at the ranch. And and I think it'll be really helpful for you to, to think through these things. But basically if you picture a triangle, the bottom layer is our physiological needs. So the first thing that we have to, um, that we have to secure is our food, water, shelter, those top needs, right? So, so once those needs are met, then we move up to the next step in the pyramid, and that is the our safety needs. Mm. So are we physically safe? Are we emotionally safe? You know, do we do we feel safe in our environment? And once those needs are met, then we move up to this need for love and belonging. And those three, that's that's the the base of the pyramid, those three different levels. But what I really found interesting about this, and, and I think it's really true, is that you have to have the first one before you get to the second one. Yep. And you see this play out in real life, right? If somebody doesn't have food or water, they, they, their safety becomes secondary. Yeah. They will put their life at risk at some point mm-hmm. to get food and water. Yes. If it becomes that desperate. And the same thing is true that until they feel safe, they they don't really feel this sense of belonging, right? Yeah. And or this or they're not motivated to pursue a sense of belonging or or being loved. And so so when when we are talking about um when we're talking about the the people that we care about in our lives, it can be easy to assume that those three levels are already met. Those needs are already met. Well, they've got food and water and shelter. Well, they're safe. Of course they're safe. And of course they know I love them and that I want them here. So all of those three needs are met. 
So I'm going to skip straight to this whole self-esteem needs that that I'm going to just bypass all those. And I'm going to also kind of get to the tippy top of the pyramid, which is the the part that talks about, you know, being being your best self, like like becoming a better person. Yep. That's the very top of the pyramid. Well, somewhere along the way, if their needs aren't being met, it's like you are yelling into the wind. Yeah. There's no concept for what you're even talking about. No. Yeah. And I think that this the the safety and the love and belonging, those are needs that need to be reinforced often. Mm-hmm. And and so the, because they they are tempted. If they don't have food, water, shelter, I mean, that's obvious, right? You either do or you don't have those. And and so so that's more of a yes no. But safety and love and belonging, those are feelings. And so you might think that they they should feel safe and they should feel loved. But we're talking about a subjective thing here. That if they don't feel loved or they don't feel like they belong, or if they don't feel safe, then then intrinsically we are wired to to seek the those needs you know being met before we move on to thinking about how i can become a better version of myself yes that's really helpful tool i think because it just gives you a basis and a foundation for like okay maybe ask myself does you know does my child need that to be reinforced yes like do they need to hear that from me yes you know and it and probably if they haven't or that needs to happen, do it and watch what happens. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and so especially, you know, in this example that we've been, we've been, you know, hanging on to for the last couple episodes, when we're talking about whether or not you can stay in this house, there's, there's, a, there's a, a reality there of, of saying you have to leave if mm-hmm. you don't do this. And if, if they have to leave, that goes directly against this idea of belonging, right? Right. And so, so it is absolutely essential to communicate as, as you are communicating this, this reality that, hey, if you have not done these things, you will have to leave. It is absolutely essential to be communicating throughout that. And I want you here, right? Yep. You belong here. I mean, ultimately, you might say, well, no, they need to find their own place. And they need, okay, but that's, that's the next mountain that we're going to try to climb. The first mountain is get a job. And so once they have a job, they can stay in the house. And so communicating to them, I want you here. In order for you to be here, you have to have applied for five jobs by the end of the week. Yeah. So you can do that. I believe in you. You have the tools that you need to to complete that. It's well within your control. I want you here. So I'm going to be really, really sad if you haven't done that by the end of the week because what we've said is that you will have to leave. Yeah, and nobody wants a coach who doesn't care and doesn't believe and no. doesn't have a love for the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just remember that, you know, especially when we're in stressful and intense moments we're we've got lies just like flying through our heads. Yeah. They don't love me. They don't care. They want me to fail. 
They, I, I can't do it. They know I can't do it. I mean, all of these things are just like on repeat and mm-hmm. in, in our heads in those moments. And so to counter those lies with the truth is absolutely essential. Yeah. Encourage them, mm-hmm. affirm them, yes. love them. Yes. Yeah. You are safe here. Yeah. Right. This is a place where, where you don't have to worry about, you know, your physical safety. Mm. This is a place where I, I love you and I want you here and you belong here. And that's why I'm going to be really sad if I have to drive you to the mission on Friday night. Yeah. And, and just reminding them over and over and over again that your needs are met here. And, and if they don't feel like they're met, discuss that. Yeah. Oh, you don't feel like you belong here. How can we change that? Yeah. Be open to asking and be open to their feedback. Yes. And, and receive it. Yeah. And, um, and then, and then ultimately don't skip any of the steps in that pyramid. Don't say, well, of course they know that. So we're going to, we're just going to skip to what they should be doing. Yeah. Don't assume. Yeah. So, so, so really as you are stepping into your role of growing his capacity as a coach, you're, you're the thing that you can focus a lot of attention on and time on is growing the capacity of your, you know, quote unquote athlete. And, and two really, really helpful tools is the information consequence choice sequence and the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And don't feel like any time that you spend clarifying information consequence choice and reaffirming need, that, that you are interested in meeting those needs, you know, that that's a, that's a huge priority for you. That's not wasted breath. You, you are countering lies that are flying through his head right now. And, and you're clarifying the reality of the situation. So we encourage you to step into your role as coach to resist the, the tendency or the temptation to fall into the prison guard mentality, which is I'm just going to force him to do what I know is best for him. Even if you do know what's best for him. We want you to, to really think through, how can I be a coach in this relationship? How can I turn this person into a champion? How can, how can I be defining this, this goal that is going to motivate him? And how can I create a playbook that's going to, to outline the step-by-step process that will get him to that victory and that will be ready for moments of failure and how we can get back on track. It's a big, big job. It's a huge opportunity. And we would love to hear from you if you have specific questions about a, a, a circumstance or, or a relationship where you want to put this into practice. So feel free to reach out to us anytime. Our email address is podcast at rocksideranch.org. Um, share this with your friends too. If you have if you have a friend of yours who is dealing with a situation like this, I mean, we hear about this stuff all the time. And so we just want to be providing resources and, um, and, and advice based on the experience that we have here at the ranch. And so feel free to share that with a friend who might be. We hope this episode and the series has been helpful. And we want to encourage you to just keep pouring into those relationships, keep pursuing restoration and we believe that the the time and the energy that you put into that is worth it. So stick with it. Thanks for joining us this week on Restoration Matters. We'll see you next time.